accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're back on DS9. It's been a while. I think it's been like three weeks since we've had a Deep Space Nine episode out there. People have been asking when it's going to return. Well, here it is. Or at least uh, here it is, and then it'll be out whenever it actually comes out. We are up to the episode Melora, which is episode six of the second season. Aired back on the 31st of October, 1993. Teleplay, uh, the story credit goes to Evan Carlos Summers. The teleplay goes to Evan Carlos Summers, Stephen Baum, Michael Piller, and James Crocker. So a lot of writers on this one, directed by Weinrich Colby. In this episode, Dr. Bashir ends up falling in love with a new officer when he develops a way for her to function in a high-gravity environment. Meanwhile, Quark receives a death threat from one of his former associates. Modi, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been been a little while. I can't remember what the last one you did is, but you haven't done it. No, haven't done a second season episode in a while. Um, oh. Let's see here. Do we have anything to lead into Melora? I don't think so. Although uh, this <laughs> is one that people were tweeting at me um, hesitantly, so we'll take it from there. But do, do you have any opening thoughts before we take a break to play a clip? Uh no. Let's get into it. All right. So we're gonna play an audio clip. Me and Modi are going to come back. We're going to break down the wheelchair-bound Melora. Welcome, Ensign. I'm Commander Benjamin Sisko. Am I late? Well, not at all. It looked as though the meeting had already begun. Jackson Bashir was just telling me about your request to pilot a runabout alone. Wouldn't it have been more appropriate to include me in that conversation? I was getting a briefing by my senior officers, Ensign. We discuss personnel matters all the time. I'm sorry if I seem overly sensitive, but I'm used to being shut out of the Melora problem. The truth is, there is no Melora problem until people create one. All right, so Melora, that was a clip. We are going to talk about this episode, which is always regarded as one of the worst of DS9. Um, It's on a lot of top five, top 10 bottom lists of the show. Uh, it is something that's frequently ridiculed. It's not really seen as one of the franchise's weak points, maybe because DS9 isn't particularly the most popular series, that would be a problem. But Melora, Melora is generally not well regarded. And I'll open this up to you, Modi, by saying that originally when they developed the show, they wanted the Melora character, which was a zero-gravity character, to be a main cast member. Uh, and she was written out because the effect was too expensive to do consistently. And so they replaced her with Dax. And that is the origin of that. And then in this, uh, the backstory here is that the writer of this episode, this Evan Carlos Summers, was a intern on the show in the first season. And he was given the chance to pitch some stories in the second season. And he thought he could do something with this character that had been abandoned. And so he came back with the Melora story, which was... Uh, poorly received by the writing staff when he passed it in. <laughs> and so they rewrote it a bunch of times until eventually it ended up where it is. So what'd you think of Melora? Um, it had some problems. I don't think, I don't, I don't know why it was the worst episode of, I mean, I guess I haven't seen enough episodes of that, but um, it, it, it had some problems for sure. Uh, but no, no, it was it was all right. And I don't, I'm kind of surprised it's on the worst list. I think but. that it's, well, I think it's kind of, it's not like a, in a lot of ways, it's not like a super memorably bad episode. 
it's right okay forgettably it, bad okay. yeah, yeah it's it's really bland um i think the biggest problem with it is that it it really doesn't really have much of a point to anything that goes on in the entire no. running time like nothing really amounts to anything but i think that it's it's kind of a forgettable bad i think it's bad on the sense that i would never really want to watch this episode in any context like there's no besides this rewatch there's not a there's no real redeeming quality to it on a lot of levels it's it's completely self-contained like nothing really that happens in here has any effect on the characters uh i don't think bashir ends up i mean she never returns either right this is this is the only chance we get with melora here right yeah she's so, she's in novels but she never comes back on the show yeah so i don't know it's like it's just kind of yeah there's not really you, you have this you're supposed to have this this big relationship with bashir but it doesn't like seem to go beyond this episode so it's just kind of like a one and done kind of thing that doesn't really have any effect on anything so the uh, the basic gist of this one is that Melora is a species called the Alasians or something like that, and she uh, they exist in a low gravity situation. So when they come into normal uh, Star Trek universe gravity, they're they're sort of they have difficult moving around, and they have, she has to move around by a wheelchair because of the Cardassian architecture of the station or something. Um, yeah. she, she wears like a metal <laughs> exoskeleton, and she sort of hobbles around, and the episode deals with. Well, I, I guess we'll figure out what it does actually deal with. But what did you think of the central conceit that the Cardassian architecture is the reason that she needs to be in a wheelchair? It's so strange because, I mean, this has to happen all the time where you have people from different gravities adjusting to different atmospheres. Like every single planet's going to have a different gravity to it. So this would happen. This would just be a run-of-the-mill thing. But I don't know why. Is there something specific about her species that is not able to adapt to the gravity changes because everyone else seems fine with it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally agree. I think that the, I think it's one of those episode ideas that it seemed better in concept than when you actually execute it. Yeah. Like the, the idea of a low gravity alien is kind of cool, but that when, then you start doing, as you said, you're like, well, wouldn't everyone have this problem? Like, why is she such a unique case? They all react as if this is the first time this yeah. has ever happened. And it seems like it would happen all the time. Right. Yep. You'd have species that, I mean, there's there's no way, there's the odds that any planet would have the same gravity as any other planet is pretty low. You know what I mean? It'd be more often than not you'd have gravity situations where you'd have to have some type of adaptations and uh, a suit like she has. Maybe I don't know why uh, they just get a stronger suit for her. Also, she's got these like metal wraps on all of her limbs. Just make those stronger so she can walk around. Walk around. And I, I think the, I think the like the in canon explanation as to why some species are stronger than humans is because they come from a higher gravity planet. So they're you know they're used they can adapt better to those lower gravities. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that the tying into like the better concept idea, the idea like the wheelchair just seems so bizarre. Like I don't. I think the episode tries to explain why she couldn't have some kind of hovercraft type mechanism, but it does a poor job of explaining it. They say like the Cardassian yeah. computer system doesn't allow it, which doesn't make any sense. It's a, just a plot nerd. It's like a, you ha it's like okay, I have to put a wheelchair into this episode. So how do I make it make sense? It does. It seems like you're trying to adapt the world to make a wheelchair make sense, rather than just trying to make adapt the product to make the make it make sense in the world. Like this wouldn't exist when you have floating things everywhere. And you have all this technology. Why would you have wheels on anything these days? Yeah, it feels it feels more like they wanted to put a wheelchair into a Star Trek than to have a Star Trek episode yeah. that dealt with the wheelchair technology. Um, yeah. So it, it got really, it got really clunky, I guess. Um, 
And the original design of her wheelchair was supposed to be more like the Admiral Jameson from Too Short a Season in TNG, which is a terrible episode, but the thing was too big to fit in the narrow hallways of DS9. Um, <laughs> so my my big issue with Melora, besides the fact that it's not really about anything, is that it's a tremendously boring episode that doesn't really get into the heart of whatever's going on. I think that it suffers from the Star Trek problem of the B story has to be in there. And yeah. the A story here is the character drama between Melora and Bashir. And then they stick on this weird B story where Quark is trying to be killed by an ex a guy that he ripped off 10 years ago or something. And they still dovetail them at the end, which is, I was like, that's way because of a stretch that you've done this whole thing to us. We're going to dovetail these at the very end here. Yeah, they have they have to get her flying, doing some ninja moves in low gravity, right? Like, that's the only yeah. resol- <laughs> resolution that they can come up with. And I think that the... The Quark storyline is largely not even worth talking about because of how pointless it is. It really is, yeah. Um, the only scene, the scene that I like is the Odo and Quark scene. I like the Odo talking of course, to right. that guy as well, who I I think his name is like Phallic Cock or something. He has the, <laughs> he has the weirdest alien name. It's Ashrock is his name, but yeah, you might as well substitute Phallic Cock in there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's and the scene with those two is all right. Odo's excellent in this, but in general. You don't learn anything. There's nothing going on with that except to provide a sort of conflict that they have to overcome at the end of the episode because the Bashir and Melora storyline is conflict-free. So what did you think of the Bashir and Melora storyline? Like, what did you think was a good thing? What did you think was a bad thing? It started... It it, it did surprise me at the point when uh, Bashir has his first, like, real talk with Melora. Because I I was, like... It started off with this, this Melora being, you know... Uh, independent and, and focusing all on that and chip on her I shoulder. I thought this was gonna be yeah, chip on her shoulder about her situation and it won't like, re- refuse his help from anyone even if it is well meaning and um, just people being kind and <laughs> you just refuse to slap them away. Yes, um, yeah. Even commanding officers, th- which is I find right, problematic. Which, talking yeah. to your commanding officer like that and this it's just I just don't like at first I was like this person doesn't exist like this person can't be real that this would there would be this person that's that uh against help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well intentioned. If you're, if you're help. in a wheelchair, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you're in a wheelchair, you have to understand people will mean well. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they might go too far and try to baby you, and that's where you gotta put your foot down. But at some point, like, you just gotta understand people are trying their best and they don't know how to react to certain situations, so you can't take that tone of just ripping them apart as soon as as soon as they offer any kind of kindness to you. Um, and then the fact that Bashir basically just flat out tells her that was surprising actually i like that they went in that direction with it and they just as soon as they could broke past that kind of um nonsensical person that could exist yes and i think that the the original idea of the episode was that uh the writer of this is evan carlos summers is actually wheelchair bound and so he it's an odd episode it might be due to the rewrites that this is how this happened but the original idea was more that the crew was trying to help her in the end of the episode would reveal that she didn't really need help in the first place. So it's more of a, it's more of a commentary on, like you were saying, the people who are trying to help and not really realizing what the boundary for helping should be. Sure. Yeah. And maybe that's a better episode because at least that's somewhat insightful into the Melora idea, like the way that Melora sees the world where, right. What you're saying here, she doesn't make any sense of how she sees the world because she clearly does need help because she's she has that accident scene where Dax has to help her. She falls out of her sure. chair. Um, it's not like she's completely 100% in control of herself and everyone's babying her. She yeah. does need help. 
she finds that embarrassing. I mean, I, I totally get that. Like, you, if you're in a, if you're wheelchair bound and you can't do certain things, you don't want to feel like you're disabled. Like, you you definitely don't want to be treated that way. But at the same time, they aren't really doing that at any point here. Uh, no one's like, you know, oh, let me let me get that for you. Or like, they're like, they're like just kind of being kind to her and being nice to someone who's just come aboard this thing. Installing a, a lot of ramp. Just doing a lot of like, ramp installation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she's got, I don't know. It's it's just, I don't feel like this, this chip on the shoulder kind of thing is, is something that can actually exist. And it is, I did read that the, uh, the author of the, the original author of it, the, the concept author of this is in a wheelchair himself. And I just don't know if, if that's the way he feels like if this is because again this is so like this is so um outside what i would expect and even outside of what i've experienced with people who are you know disabled that they don't they don't they have a little bit of that but they don't really they they're kind about it they're not like this edge where they're just tearing you apart for trying to help them they they will let you know their boundaries but they don't get mad about it because they have to deal with it all the time right so they, they have to ad adapt to a better way of handling it. if you're just going into a an attack every single time you have to deal with this. You're going to be attacking constantly, as as I guess as Bashir points out. So she's she's introduced as this hostile character who Bashir disarms by basically flirting with her for a few minutes, and then she <laughs> yeah she the falls charm in, of Bashir she falls in love with yeah. him. And the, the, those who actually have a decent chemistry, I think the guest actress is uh, pretty good in this. Yeah, so, she's all right. Yeah, all things considered, she's not she's certainly not terrible. And uh, it switches into a Bashir comes up with a way to fix her problem which seems kind of obvious to me it, everyone right. is heralding it as like a breakthrough o'brien tells him that bashir is going to get his name in the medical journals it doesn't seem that revolutionary for me and he, it's not even his research apparently too he says oh i'm just adapting someone something that people have forgotten about yeah he's, so, he's building okay. off, the guy had the right idea but the wrong execution or something and so he starts undergoing or he starts having laura undergo these treatments which will I guess strengthen her enough to the point where she can walk and be normal in uh, human, like Star Trek level gravity. I find this to be the worst part of the episode on a, on like a human moral ethical level. Because yeah, me too. I, I find Bashir's turn here to be really odd and creepy in some ways. He doesn't come across as particularly caring about her as much as he's interested in getting this procedure to finish. And yeah, she's like collapsing during certain moments. And he's like, oh, you're all right. You just need more treatment. Like, let's get, <laughs> let's get you back to sick bay. And she seems very hesitant. And I think it's a weakness of the Melora character where she flip flops very easily at that point. Yeah. As soon as she starts undergoing the treatment, she kind of immediately realizes she doesn't want to do it. And you feel bad for her. But and you feel angry at Bashir for making her go through it. But then at the same time, it's like you could just stop doing this. So what would you yeah. think? Well, no, it's 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 it, it, there's it's 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 problematic because it's like at the one hand you have Bashir seemingly trying to change a person that's different, you know what I mean? And that is an ethical, moral kind of thing. Does strike me as why are you trying to make this person quote unquote normal? You know what I mean? Like let them be different if they if they and then that's kind of what it ends up being for her at the end. But it's it's just like why didn't you why didn't you like just ask her? Like it didn't seem like they really like. He started doing all this research, and it seemed like she was into it, um, and maybe that's why he just went through with it, but he didn't really seem to address those kind of things. You could have seen this coming, you know what I mean? If, if Bashir, like, was doing this and, and knows how she feels about this, you know, as she calls it, a warm bath when she gets to go into low gravity. It's like, that sounds like an enjoyable time that she'd be missing, and you didn't realize that ahead of time, and you're just trying to make her more normal. It's just, 
why are you pursuing that? And the fact that she didn't realize that going into it, that she would have caught that right away. He should have caught that right away. It just, it's, it's, it's manufacturing a conflict that didn't need to exist. And, uh, again, there's no stakes because it can be easily reversible. And like, you know, yeah, there's it's probably a way that she can have it all if she wants to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's always, um, whenever she starts having problems, it's always in the, the near future. This is going to be irreversible. Like they never get to the point of irreversibility. Yeah. So it's, it's easy for them to flip flop it. I, I don't really hold it against Bashir at first because the way the character of Melora, Melora was written earlier would make me think that she would want to go through with the procedure. I think that the, the the turn is a little awkward where she realizes that she doesn't want to do it. And Bashir does a very bad doctorly job of explaining the possible negative side effects before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just in, inject the treatments. And be like, oh, we'll figure out what side effects later. Like, let's <laughs> see if this works first. So do, do you get the sense? Why do you think? Why is Bashir? What was your impression of why Bashir was doing this for her? I mean, I don't know, because she to me, it's going around saying, oh, I can fix you and make you normal. Seems like a bad thing to do but then all of a sudden she was like into it as soon as he mentions the the research and she was like oh that's exciting like so she he's being led on by her attitude towards it i think too like it's so i don't know if i can yeah again blame him completely because her character does seem to think of her disability as a burden and but she doesn't want to burden anybody else with it is the weird weird take she has on it yeah um so she's willing to she's willing to recognize that fact but doesn't recognize the other i guess it's kind of just strange well I, I maybe the fundamental problem there is the fact that because it's a star trek show she's from a different species and it's in, in some ways it's not really a disability that she has like it, right it would be the it'd be it's the not. equivalent of yeah. us if me or you had to go like live in atlantis with the mermen right and we went down there we couldn't breathe I under would, the water we're I not would really say it, it'd even be it would be even like if you had to go to a, a place where you don't speak the language almost as yeah. far as the inconvenience yeah. and disability yeah. that that is like i don't speak japanese and if i go to japan i'm going to have problems and need help from from some people there that either can translate or help me speak the language a different way but it doesn't seem like it's like an actual disability like right she, she could she could do she could do teleconferencing to do whatever she's doing here like what she wanted to go to the gamma quadrant i mean there's probably ways they could do this without her even like leaving her own planet at this point you know what i mean like, yes yeah I, I, I think I think that's a, I think that's a good point, and it's like the because she's of a different species. It's not about a human dealing with this. It's the same problem. There was that episode where Troy loses her telepathic abilities, and we don't really feel sorry for her right, because we yeah. don't know what it's like to be telepathic. Melora is the same situation because she's disabled according to what a Starfleet officer needs to be able to do, but she's not really disabled in any sense that she would consider to be. Like she yeah. doesn't have an she doesn't have an inability to do something that others of her kind would be unable to do. So it's right. You're trying to jam this sci-fi angle into a human story and it comes across a little bit weird and not natural feeling. Yeah. it feels like a, an assimilation kind of thing almost where you're trying to like make this alien species more human. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of strange. Right. And it, it's apparently a very limited situation. It's just because they're on a Cardassian station. Apparently this is yeah. okay everywhere else. It's just the human right. here. So it feels that Bashir's solution is a, a very heavy handed for what seems to be a minor problem in the rest of exactly. her life. This, this would only fix this basically would fix her to only work in this very limited situation. And do that's you, the that's the fix he's providing basically. Why yeah, do you, I mean a lot of anger at there's a lot of anger at Bashir here because, and I think you might have been implying it, that he's trying to fix her to suit him. 
And yeah. I, I don't know if I 100% He's not trying, not for him, I don't think. I think he is, he does He does seem altruistic in it. He doesn't seem like it's about him and her uh, having a normal relationship or anything like that. I think I think it's just, he sees this as something she wants for some reason. Okay. And that, that that's the word it's coming from. I don't think it's 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 done in kind of any kind of selfishness. Yeah, I, the only selfishness I see is more that he's interested in the medical aspect of it. Yeah, like right. That, part, that it. part he has seemed to be overly into, yeah. Yeah, that would be my only uh, negative about it because he does have all those very weird scenes where he's really, she's, she has a scene where she's lying there. She's like, oh, I was lying in bed. It felt like I was lying on nails. My muscles ached. I couldn't sleep all night. He's like, well, you just need more treatment. <laughs> You'll get used to it, basically. <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't know about that. And... It ends up resolving by she saves the day and yeah, go, you know, weird way. goes on with her zero gravity fighting, and then they, they sort of leave each other. And I don't, uh, I, don't I, I don't know. know. I, th- I think the central concept is broken here. And one of the it is one of the quotes from the uh, the writing staff was just saying that when he brought it in, um, I, I, I thought that this quote was actually kind of funny too. Where, where the hell is it? Uh, Oh, when Summers turned in his original draft, it wasn't well received by the writing staff. Summers blames a decision he made while writing it. I had previously committed to another project that started two weeks before, and they needed another week for it. I thought since I had turned out Battle Lines, this guy wrote Battle Lines in a week and a half. Really? I could do Melora in a week and a half. That decision wasn't the best one. So he basically wrote it too quickly. I received him had to call him (laughs) to inform him that he was not going to be rewriting it, which is a kind of a... A harsh thing the for a writer big, here. On these. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. They usually get their first uh, rewrite option. He doesn't get it. They gave it to uh, the writing staff. Stephen Baum decided to take a shot at it. Producers still weren't happy, and it got rewritten by the showrunners at wow. that point. Um, and Michael Piller thought that the central concepts that they broke out in the, the breaking session was flawed. Uh, I assume he just means the right. sort of, <laughs> yeah, the alien Melora concept. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's not particularly well regarded. What what did you think was actually a really a, a good step here? I I thought that the, I thought that it was an episode where Bashir doesn't come off too creepy. He he eventually comes no, off a little bit. This is the best t- Bashir I've seen. Actually, this is the best it, version of him. He's obsessed with his work, maybe, and that that's the that's the biggest fault he has here. Otherwise, he seems like a very charming guy, which yes, is what yeah. they're going for. Yeah, yeah. See, he his charm comes across appropriately here instead of a creepiness which he had with Dax yeah. uh, previously, and I I think that the um the bashir i what'd you think of the zero g uh pre-sex scene stuff what'd you think of well, that well i mean how has he never thought of this before like they live in space you can <laughs> do this anytime you want apparently no one ever turns off the gravity like how, did, how is this the first time you've done this unless he's just putting on a, a like a front it's like oh i've never done this before it's probably <laughs> yeah it's very it probably it'd be similar to like shower sex or something this probably yeah, it's, it's all pro- you would do right yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's probably, zero g sounds great <laughs> it's probably similar in the fact that like once you did it just like shower sex you'd be like well that's overrated i never need to yeah, do that again that's, that's what the fuss is about right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and yeah the zero g i thought it i was surprised by how good i assume it's wire work that they're doing how good yeah. the, the wire work actually looked it, it was pretty smooth um yeah i was Maybe not impressed by it, but I thought it could have been a lot worse, although I can understand why it would be expensive to have to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, let's see here. Anything else? So the Quark Odo stuff wraps up. They have a couple roundabouts. Oh, the one last scene I wanted to talk about. Uh, w- did you have a worse scene that you could list off the top of your head? If you don't have one off the top of your head, I'll tell you what mine is. Uh, maybe the finale, uh, the, the culmination at the end there with uh, Laura lowering the gravity and doing her little little torpedo move. <laughs> that might have been the worst one. 
Because I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't Dax just like they're off off ship? It's just her and Melora. Why wouldn't you just lower the gravity for her so she can walk around? Yeah, and you yeah. can deal with it because you're a normal person. You don't you don't have a disability in in zero G as much as she has an ability in zero G. So why wouldn't you just lower it as, as soon as you're off ship for her? Oh, she she'd been lit up by the ones, Dax. lit up by that phaser, which I guess her exoskeleton and the testing had saved her from. Somehow, which is very die. Okay, very convenient. Um, I thought it was like odd. It's like, oh, they're killing her off now. That's kind of interesting. That, that would be an interesting take on this, but that would make sure that Bashir would probably be changed after this episode. Oh, good, they brought her back from the dead. Okay, great. Right? Yeah, he he resurrects her or something. Yeah, yeah. The it, it's very much like the uh, the steroid overdose or something. You're you're on like epinephrine or something. You're just super yeah, maybe. pumped up. Survive laser shots i thought the worst was there's this weird scene where it it clearly feels like the script came in short and they add the very first runabout scene between melora and dax where they're talking about relationships mm-hmm. it, and Play i thought space, it was for sure i thought it was terrible i thought it was pointless and the way that the characters were talking felt like very soap opera to me it didn't it didn't feel realistic on any kind of level and dax being That's the other Star character Trek talking. trope though isn't it of of Two women talking about relationships be going very, very inhumanly. Like that's the very, that's a TNG very thing male, for sure. A very male yeah. voice is the writer, yeah, behind yeah. how these two are talking about men. Uh yes, I'd agree with that. I, I thought it was just such a a bad scene. And because mostly because it, it felt too strong for the Melora and Bashir relationship. She wouldn't point. be talking about it at this point, right? Right, yeah. yeah. It's it's the hyper speed that these things have to move on because they're only forty five minutes. Um yeah, did you have anything else to say or do you want to go to final thoughts? Let's go final thoughts. Final thoughts. I'm going to play an audio clip and then me and Modi are going to come back. We're going to read some patron thoughts, give our final thoughts, and then wrap this guy up. Exactly. When does this become irreversible? Melora, if you're not certain... No, I'm sure it's just some strange form of buyer's remorse. I'll, I'll be fine. Tell me exactly what you're feeling. Last night, I just missed. I didn't feel like me. If you want to end your dependence on the chair and the servo controls, you're going to have to give up the low-grav environment. You knew that that was the trade-off. And it seemed like a good trade. Until I realized I couldn't do it anymore. If I could just spend... I'm just concerned that going back and forth could ultimately lead to a loss of fine motor control. Meaning? Your ability to perform complex tasks could be affected. All right, everybody. So we're into the final thoughts section of this. As always, if you're a patron on patreon.com slash the Penske file, you can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. I'll post a uh, post on the channel every once in a while, and you guys can leave your thoughts about uh, the episodes that are coming up. And so, Melora, we have some patron thoughts about this. Holly McLaughlin writes, Melora, Bashir fixes air quotes around fixes a woman who's disabled by a standard to make her worthy air quotes around worthy of his attention no just no um i don't I, we talked about this, this it's an interpretation for sure of it i don't i don't think it was that kind of thing yeah but it definitely could i could definitely see if people arguing for that yes uh, that, that would be my take as well i think i think it's more bashir doesn't come off well in this but i don't think he's doing it purely for his own greed um he comes across that way because it's poorly written, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically uh, my take on it. Let's see here. Uh, next up, we have Joint Mango writes Melora. Top five worst episodes of Deep Space Nine. I guess it says uh, it's good things for the, the show if this is one of the, with the worst five. Would you agree with that? 
that's, that's upset. I mean, I, I didn't really see this as uh, that bad of an episode. It, it is a mediocre episode too. It's not a great episode, but it wasn't didn't strike me as uh, awful. It, se- it seemed like a mid season filler that they needed to put in. And that's yeah, kinda, kinda <laughs> what it was. So yeah, yeah, yes, I'd agree with that. Um, let's see here. Although my my rating for it might be harsher than that implies, just because of. Yeah, we'll get to that. Stephen Cobb writes, Melora, I pretend this episode doesn't exist. On a tangentially related note, her character pops up in a few novels and they actually do something with her. Uh, mm. She's apparently serves on the USS Titan, which is Riker's ship um, at some point. I I wonder what they do with her. Uh, Stephen didn't uh, flesh out what they actually do with her, but I imagine they, they maybe do something with her zero G. Zero G would certainly be easier to describe in a book than on Right, on, that's uh, true. The they screen. do a lot more with that, yeah. Um, but, but sorry, I should have lot, che- lot, lot cheaper, I'm sure, in the book. Yes, <laughs> in real life, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Ross writes, Melora, Doctor Bashir falls for a patient. You say, no way. The girl in the wheelchair has a chip on her shoulder, a mile wide, and an inch deep. Go on, zero G sex. Well, at least that's new. What's interesting to me <laughs> is that you could think there was be more gravity or environmentally issue challenged people in the universe. However, the Dax conversation about the aerobic and anaerobic persons having a relationship is preposterous. Uh, Fallot caught could have been stopped by suitcase carrions who have evolved to grab bag handles as a defensive maneuver. And of course, the romance ends and we never hear of Malore or Kot ever again. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> said, said it all. Uh, Malora. Kyle Barrett writes, shit sandwich. Which if you're, if you're, if you're referencing, um, that is one of my favorite jokes from Spinal Tap with the two word review, the two word rolling or stone uh, review of shark sandwich just said shit sandwich. Um, yes, I... Maybe it's just because we're we're caught up in discovery at this point. So going back to DS9, maybe this episode felt a little bit harder to judge on its own merits at this point. Are you, Modi, are you caught up on discovery? I'm an episode behind, I think, right now. Okay. Um, Yeah, just the pacing and stuff of the two shows is very different. Oh, yeah, totally different. (laughs) Very, very different. Yeah, maybe stepping back into DS9 colored this a little bit more positively for me on some level, but I don't really know. So, Melora... Neil Brennan writes, so sue me. I kind of liked it. But there you go. We'll end with a uh, differing yeah, opinion. Vote. That's what Until- I mean. it's, not, it's not a terrible episode. I don't know why it would be on a worst list, but it definitely is like forgettable list, probably. Yeah, I mean, on on DS9 alone, I'd say that um, Move Along Home is worse. Uh, the one with Skilkson might be worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Way worse. Well, Neil Brennan says, Until the Zero Gravity Space Dive by Melora, which was, well, crap. Also, the picture of her with her brother cracked me off. That <laughs> that's, that's very true. It looks like the worst. I mean, it is. It's the worst Photoshop possible. It reminded me of that um, the Seinfeld episode where George has to Photoshop his boss's picture and it makes it like a cartoon. Um, yeah, but Neil kind of liked it, I guess. Neil doesn't really go into why he liked it, but I guess he just uh, he likes sort of zero G uh, gravity space diving stuff, or he doesn't really like that. Um, <laughs> That's about it. So, Modi, what are you going to give this guy on our scale of one to five? Thank um, you, patients, for writing in as well. Give it a two. Two. Because I don't think it's that bad, but it's not like I would want to watch it ever. Yeah. I I think I'm going to give it a one, uh, but it's not like an ab- abomination one. It's more just the fact that I-, I agree with Michael Piller that the central story is just doesn't work here. You need something better than this. And yeah. It's not like you can fix this story so much as you need to fundamentally rewrite the entire concept that's going on. I did find it boring. 
I was not really enthralled, and I probably would never want to watch this one again for any reason. Uh, so I'm going to give it a one. I just don't. I, I I don't have the hate in my heart for the Malora. No, it's 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 a hard. It's a it's a it's a mild one. It's it's a it's a one like why are you wasting my time with this? Yes, uh, right. go back and do it better. But yeah. I don't have any specific rewrite information for you. Just make a better episode. Go ahead, yes. go off. Do that, yeah. please. I'm sure that's what Michael Pillow said to Evan Carlos Summers <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, that's about it, Malora. I'd give it a one. Um, if this is as bad as the show gets, I think we're in good hands for the rest of the way. Someone yeah. on YouTube, it actually, I think Stefan had said that on YouTube as well, uh, that if these are the worst of season one, then the show can't actually be all that bad, which I think is the appropriate attitude to take. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, Modi, do you have anything, uh, you want to, uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm streaming now every Thursday at, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. for 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Modi and then my normal YouTube channel. Yep. YouTube.com slash Modi Go check out Twitch. Um, how's Twitch treating you? I like it. It's a lot of fun. Is it's it? Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. I, I still don't. I still don't. I still don't get Twitch on some fundamental level. No, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand any of it. But I, I've enjoyed what I've had for interactions and chat and that kind of thing. It's just as far as Twitch culture, I don't get at all yeah, right. <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna not i'm just gonna decide to not be twitch culture and then i'll just do my own thing i guess i mean is it is it really just the it's really just the chat feedback in live time right it's, because yeah there's something is something fun about watching something live with other people though in just general like if you're watching like star trek live with other people there's just something fun about doing that and i yes. get that part of it for sure now uh in a way i didn't before but um you know we played we played uh we played if you're familiar with slay the spire it's a card deck building game or like a roguelike deck building game and we did like a twitch integration with it where people could vote on what cards they pick and that was oh, like sure. a new kind of like together experience where we're playing it as game together technically yeah it's kind of cool yeah it's um i think my fundamental problem with twitch is that we we just came out of the era of people saying you have to watch something at this time and we're like oh the freedom yeah. of being able to get whatever you want on demand is so wonderful and twitch just flies in the face of that on some it's, level it's it's radio versus tv basically i mean twitch twitch is basically radio i, I feel like it's, sure. it's very similar to broadcasting like that versus uh the on demand thing we have with tv now yeah yeah um and i think that's that's about it uh let's see here all the social media is in the links all that stuff you can go to facebook twitter like us on iTunes, uh, or well, maybe I did that backwards. You can go to patreon.com this, uh, slash the Penske file, patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you want to support the show, a couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff, you get extra co- content, you get extra videos. I'm doing these Patreon lens things, which I'm probably going to stop doing, but I've been having fun doing them in the meantime. Um, they're very much like Instagram stories, which is another thing that I don't understand, similar to Twitch. Um, and if you don't want to go to patreon.com, the next best thing you can do is rate us on iTunes, which is supremely helpful. So if you don't want to give money to the show, but you still want to be super uh, helpful in promoting it, a like and a comment on iTunes is greatly appreciated. Check out Real Ripe and Real Rotten, all that stuff. Check out Modi's channel. And Modi keeping in line with a new sort of thing. We're just going to wrap up real quick with with a uh, non sequitur type story. I'll go first to give you some time to think about something quick. You just want to mention that you like or dislike or something you've seen. I watched uh, Get Out the uh peel the key uh, the peel uh directed by what's the guy's first name of keen peel anyway jordan peel i think is his name yeah jordan uh get out it's the about the uh, black kid who goes to meet his uh, white girlfriend's family um 
and it was really good. It was very clever. I know people have said that the movie's great, and I'm not saying anything revolutionary here, but it was really good. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it. Um, it's a horror movie, but not super scary, so you don't need to be squeamish and smart, and it was enjoyable to watch. It was really... It, I hadn't seen a movie like that with that sort of perspective before, and I thought it was interesting. Cool. Yeah, I, I want to see... I haven't seen it yet. I have not... Uh, it's on HBO for a couple... Probably a couple more weeks. I probably should check it out really quick. But I was, I was, I'm glad to hear that it's not uh, like a scary horror movie because I could get my wife to watch it with me then. That'll, yes, that'll it has, out. it has maybe one or two of those like you know the the character walking through a house and something sort of jumps out at you. Yeah, that'll be okay. Yeah, that's it's very minor, but it's it's really certainly not very scary. So do you have anything, uh, any quick blurbs you want to talk about? Get uh, off your chest. I've been watching. Um, uh, Altered Carbon. Check out Altered Carbon on Netflix. It's it's pretty great. Um. Uh, it's based on a story from I think written maybe 2000 2002 maybe um, and it's uh, kind of a sci-fi noir cyberpunk thing uh, with uh, with bodies that be changed you can you can take your you take your basically your entire personality out of uh, under a little chip and put it in a different body and it's an entire culture built around that like centuries and centuries after what that what that would mean yeah um, and it's kind of this uh, noir cyberpunk thing it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. So well, very well done compared to the book too. I re- I read the book long ago and um, very faithful adaptation. I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's ten episodes on Netflix. I was looking yeah. at it this morning uh, after watching the Melora app, but I will, um, I'll definitely have to check it out at, at some point. So, guys, thank you very much, Modi. Thank you for coming on. Anytime. And we will be back with the episode which is after Melora, which if you give me, a th- I think it's Necessary Evil. Let me see here. Move forward. No, Rules of Acquisition. There we go. Rules of Acquisition with the uh, the first mention of the Dominion, I think, is the main reason (laughs) that that's memorable. But anyway, thank you very much, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time.